Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the Legendarium Podcast. Why is it special, you might ask? Well, you'll notice first and foremost that I am not Craig, and you will not hear Craig at all during this episode because we, the panel members of the Legendarium, have risen up against the tyrannical rule of Craig and have taken control of the podcast. <laughs> this is 98% Craig free. <laughs> We finally grew tired of his demand for order and, as he would put it, good podcasting. And we hatched a plan to take control, so Todd distracted him with an offer of cheesecake, and I snuck up behind him and hit him in the head with a stick while Ken hogtied him, and we all threw his pudgy butt into a closet. So, <laughs> viva la revolution. <laughs> Actually, Craig is on Ooh, vacation. nice touch on the viva la revolution. In Spanish. I can say that several times. Viva la revolution. All right, actually, Craig's on vacation, and we, we just weren't going to wait to talk about some of the things that happened this week. He's going to harass your abysmal French pronunciation on that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Don't really care. <laughs> we have okay. some questions about some of the things we found in your drawers, by the way, Craig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're not going to talk about that on the air, though. <laughs> yeah. well, I want to know how we'll that battery-operated thing Okay, works. except for that one. We will talk. <laughs> we'll, we'll address those after you get back. Too short for a lightsaber. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my. Oh, this is what happens when the parental supervision leaves the room. He hates us so much. All right, everyone. Let's welcome our beloved panel members. We have with us Ken and Todd. Uh, Craig would normally have provided a witty insult or a quip about you guys. So, uh, Todd, you're old. Ken, you're weird. And uh, I'm the leader of this coup, Grand Admiral Darth Nose Whistle, uh, a.k.a. Ryan. You know, it's good that we can just insult ourselves at this moment in time, isn't it? It just makes it easier. Just so easy there. <laughs> But uh, we got a lot to get going to talk about this time and a lot of really exciting stuff that's got us really nerdy and geeking out. So let's get right into geek news with our very own rep, Ken Johnson. This has been such a good week. Good afternoon, I'm Ken Johnson, and this is your Legendarium Geek News. Guys, Craig isn't here, so he may or may not know that there's a new Star Wars movie coming out this year. Hey, how many more weeks is it until that movie comes out? 28? you got to give us a head start so we can actually have that ready to go. <laughs> 28. I thought everybody's been counting that one. 28 weeks. We're just going to go with 28 weeks. 28 <laughs> weeks is uh, almost accurate. I think it's closer to 30. Yeah, it just dates the podcast anyway. <laughs> and a Star Wars celebration, a ton of great information came out regarding The Force Awakens, but also about what Disney is now calling the anthology film Rogue One. Kathleen Kennedy and director Gareth Edwards confirmed that the film will focus on events leading up to Episode Four. And that the theft of the plans for the original Death Star, Kennedy and Edwards also mentioned that the film will focus on a band of resistance fighters and not Jedi. Very exciting stuff. In addition to a second very epic trailer for The Force Awakens, those in attendance got to see a first teaser for Rogue One, which includes a really, really wicked shot of a TIE fighter flying on a planet's surface with this silhouette of the Death Star on the horizon. Have you guys seen it? It is Completely wicked, and we're going to look it up and geek out over it after this recording. Yeah, i got to awesome. go find that. Uh, oh yeah, my. I haven't found it yet. Oh, my gosh. If you haven't seen it, see it. Folks, uh, also got a real look at a working BB-8. Oh, man, it was so cool. And <laughs> if I hadn't just spent a lot of money on a different device, that would be my Christmas present. Now, request. see, you spent money on an Apple device. I'm going to spend money on a BB-8. I am going to buy Let's this. Let's be honest. I'm going to spend money on a BB-8, too. Our, <laughs> you, you both can, because RC versions of this will be out in time for Christmas. Surely it'll be the hot gift item of the year. I want one. Everybody I know is going to want one. That looks so cool. Anyway, oh, it's Star Wars coming out. 
Not to be outdone by The Force Awakens, the Batman v Superman teaser trailer dropped this week, and it was pretty awesome too. The footage features what Bruckman swears has been Affleck as Lego Batman, and also promises the Dark Knight will make Superman bleed. He says that. He said, do you bleed? You will. Sounding so awesome. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dark, menacing, awesome. Not to be outdone by the trailer, there's a Joker pick that dropped this week, Jared Leto, and producers tweeting out this picture of Jared Leto as Joker. Yeah. It creeps me out to my very soul, but it's kind of disappointing at the same time. Jared Leto with grills and white face and tattoos and stuff. Go see the picture. We'll have it to put it up It worked for James Franco when he did Spring Breakers, so, you know, obviously it's got to work for everybody. <laughs> so why not? Avengers Age of Ultron opens up this week. You can expect to have immediate reaction from the crew as we're going to go see it later this week. Wait, also an official review will be on the website after some of us get to see it on Monday. Okay, we all hate some you. Some of us want to punch some of yeah. us. I know. But that's not too early for rumor. Okay, it opens this week. It's not too early for rumors to swirl that Avengers 2, the Blu-ray, will contain an alternate ending and a director's cut. That report conflicts with earlier denials by director Josh Whedon, but Whedon does promise lots of deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. Regardless, you'll have to wait several months because the Blu-ray's not going to come out until, like, Christmas. Does anybody ever believe a director when they have any kind of denial? Oh, yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. I mean, J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah, that's not con. Well, it's it's not going to happen until we decide to make it happen 48 hours from now. <laughs> Marvel Studios has hired Guardians of the Galaxy co-writer Nicole Perlman and Pixar Inside Out writer Meg LaFave as the scripting team for their Phase 3 Captain Marvel solo movie. So excited about That's this. That's going to be cool. A lot of anticipation building for this film. I am excited about it. It will be the studio's first film with a female superhero lead, though Perlman is also confirmed as the writer for the upcoming Black Widow standalone film. That comes out in Phase 3 also, I believe. Still no word yet on who will play Carol Danvers, but for my money, come on, Katie Sackhoff. Honestly, no. Can, oh, it's got to no. be Katie Sackhoff. I, I could no. see Katie Sackhoff, but I just don't think that's the I, route they're going to go. I don't want to see Katie Sackhoff as Captain Marvel. I really don't. The only reason I would Carol not Danvers, want to see her. No, 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 <laughs> no. The only reason I would not want to see her as Captain Marvel is because she would overwhelm. You you would see her. She, I, it would be more her than. I would be know. concerned about that. That you'd be going to see Katie Sackhoff as Captain Marvel rather than, rather going, than to going, going to see Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah, but she's I'm, she's become very recognizable. She's done a wonderful job. She's a great actress. But I think what I think what they need to do is they need to make sure that they follow the the kind of the kind of process that they've done with the with the other Marvel films and pick people that are. Um, accomplished, but not necessarily overly recognizable on their own. Yes, and they've done a great job of that so far. And I, whoever they pick, going to be along the same vein. I trust Marvel with pretty much everything right about now. And well, you definitely the trust them with your money because you keep giving it to them. Oh my gosh! Speaking yes, of, but we're not buying Apple watches. You're not going to let that go, are you? He's nope. The whole podcast that. is all going to be about Apple watches. Hey, speaking of Marvel, <laughs> back to Marvel. Ken is starting to understand what Craig goes through. Just a little bit. I hate you all so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to speaking of Marvel. All new issue number 40 of all new X-Men suddenly became a much hotter commodity. It comes out this week. Uh, it's hotter because inside it's revealed that original X-Men Iceman is, in fact, gay. Okay. Not really a, uh, if you read a lot of stuff. We'll discuss this further. We yeah, will discuss this Not a major further, surprise for actually, some. Actually... 
We want to come back to this uh, on, on a couple of different levels. We, we will come back for, to it. In, in actuality, in photos of panels leaked earlier this week, what the issue reveals is that young Jean Grey is a telepathic busybody snoop who badgers young Iceman into recognizing his attractions. Regardless, the announcement comes as another step of inclusion uh, from the comics. A number of years ago, they uh, had a gay wedding with North Star, who was a member of Alpha Flight. One of my personal favorite uh, superheroes when I was a kid because – Dude, speed is awesome. So Iceman, also one of my favorites. Gay, not gay. I don't care. Whatever. Looks like the production team of cult awesome fun movie Galaxy Quest is living up, uh, living by Captain Jason Nethsmith's famous admonition to never give up, never surrender, as it was announced this week that Paramount Television, the original writers, director, producers are all on board. We are all doing the salute. <laughs> To make a Galaxy Quest TV series. We need your money. <laughs> Absolutely. We are not done with this franchise. Nope. I, I wonder if how many of them are going to come back. Still, very few details as to when and where the crew of the NSEA protector, protector uh, can be found. Or which of any of the original cast would return Tim Allen in that t- uh, uniform. Uh, Last I heard, Tim Allen needs money. Yeah, well, he's got Last Man Standing, and that's doing pretty well. Yeah, but but there's oh, a difference really? between... It's still on? It's still on. There's, I, there's, there's a difference it, between a television show going well and needing money. It's still on, though. <laughs> this is very true. That's yes. something. So. And finally, Sigourney ABC Weaver. Family. Oh, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Where what a great I? way to quickly derail. <laughs> where, where, where was I? ABC Family has its first confirmed casting for its upcoming Shadowhunters TV series. British actor, of course, British actor, Dominic Sherwood will play the role of Jace in the upcoming series based off that absolutely awful, ridiculous Mortal Instruments book series. But chicks dig it, so whatever. Sherwood recently starred in a film adaptation of Vampire Academy and a Taylor Swift video, so his cred with the swooning teenage fangirl scene is really quite secure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I wish all of you could see Ken shaking his head and waving his arms like he is absolutely in distress over the story. It's absolutely magnificent. Did either of you read the Mortal Instruments, any of those books? It's like No, my sister and brother-in-law did, and actually uh, surprisingly... Uh, knowing my brother-in-law that he enjoyed the series a bit really did surprise me a bit. So I read the first book. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Dreadful. You mean there wasn't enough punching? There was plenty of punching. It just was There just wasn't bad. a story? It was just <laughs> bad writing. Okay. 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 But, you know, Cassandra Clare got four more books out of that, and she's got another series. So, hey, she's doing something right. You know, if you, can write, a, if you can write a bad story into four books and get paid for it every time and then sell a movie... I admire you. Yeah, she's she's more successful than I you're, am. So really, what you're adding to the decline of society. But I admire you. But I admire, I admire you. For it. We're, we're going. You know, that's what we need in this room. We need a wall of infamy, and we can put people's images on it that we think are contributing to the fall of society. There we Our go. own will be at the top. Yes. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. We intend to lead that Kusu. You know, we're working our way through Sweden and all the other countries <laughs> as quick as we can to bring the end of the world. We're and working Wisconsin. on it now. That's and right. Wisconsin. And that's your legendary Geek News. I'm Ken Johnson. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Ken. We got through, you know, I was really surprised. We really struggle getting through geek news uh, without, you know, getting off on tangents there. We got through, like, your first five before we said anything. I, that's, that's progress for us. Craig would be proud. He would. He Craig would. I was eating my, a donut. Maybe my first five sentences. <laughs> first five sentences. It, that's still progress. Yeah, we're working on it. All right. Well, you know that anytime we have something of Star Wars note, 
we rush to the microphones because let's just face it, that's so near and dear to all of our hearts. Oh, love Star Wars. And this last week we had. Oh, I thought. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the look that Todd was about to sneeze, and he's just getting ready to do the theme song. Anyway, we had Star Wars Celebration this last week. So jealous. Which, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Star Wars Celebration or uh, con sort of things in general, it is the equivalent of Comic-Con for nothing but Star Wars. And Oh, I wish I had been there. Well, and this so, year, so was, much stuff came out this year. Which There are internal organs that I would sell to be there. I, I'm just going to say, uh, if somebody's looking for an excuse to buy a kidney, I think I would go for a kidney. If you, you could go back and... I was going to say, you'd need to visit H.G. Wells first. Well, um, okay. <laughs> I think that, and for me personally, as, as we talk about some of the things that happened in Celebration, I think this would have been the year to be at Celebration. There will be some other things that happen in, in the future, but being that we're getting a really big boost in the Star Wars universe starting this year with the new movie and with everything else, the opportunity to see these worlds that we haven't you know to see the new costumes see the new trailers see everything that they've created so far i think that this year would have been a great year i'm not so sure if you go yet next year that it will be quite the same experience either that or this year will be the year that everything fell apart because they didn't plan enough infrastructure and next year will be a much better experience because they'll have more infrastructure they'll have a better planning for it because they'll recognize that oh yeah that's right there are that many star wars geeks that are willing to travel that far and oh my goodness to it. and and aren't there and and, and really not, no matter, you know, regardless of whether next year's is as big as this year's or whatever, things are happening now. There, there's a universe yeah. that is generating new content now. So all of the celebrations before this were just kind of, oh, you know what? We love Star Wars. Let's get together and talk about how we love they, Star Wars. There is stuff happening now every year. They yeah. have – that they they're no longer called uh, – Spin-off movies are no longer called one-shots. Now it's a Star Wars anthology series. Mm-hmm. All these little uh, Rogue One and, and this the uh, Han Solo Boba Fett buddy cop movie, which is coming, I'm sure of it. You know, Those are the, the things. <laughs> Where the heck did that come oh, from? I, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I feel that there's a fanfic sitting somewhere on Ken's desk you know, on his computer at home that has that all written out already. I, I'm wondering if he's already started producing it with action figures. Oh, that's a thought. Kathleen Kennedy and Paul Feig might have a copy of it already. But <laughs> you broke into their office to give it to them, but it's... And they, it's, they, they have filed have... a restraining order now. <laughs> I gave them a script. They gave me a restraining order. It's an even trade. <laughs> Oh, Craig is going to be so sad he missed this. Uh, so, if he's not shaking his head already. I think there was a point. Let me see. Anyway, all these all these anthology movies that happen outside of the episode movies, the the normal Star Trek con- Star Trek Star Wars content are are the anthology series. And it's exciting because it's going to be stuff that you don't that, that happens behind the scenes, that happens in the corners of the galaxy that you don't visit a whole lot, that, that's apart from the Skywalker clan. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. They, they say that uh, Rogue One is going to be a war movie. I mean, it's Star Wars is what mm-hmm. Gareth Edwards says. It is a war movie. There aren't going to be Jedi. There's going to be mercenaries, you know, a little re- a rebellion group. I'm, I'm so excited about this movie. And I, I said all along, that was my hope was that this movie, Rogue One, was going to be about the group that kind of inspired the name of Rogue Squadron and Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back, you know, that sort of thing. It sounds like it's going to be epic. I'll yeah. tell you why I'm so excited about this. Since we're focusing on Rogue One here, 
why I'm so excited about this is back, remember quite a few months ago when uh, Disney and LucasArts or LucasFilm decided, hey, we're going to blow up everything that you love except for the original stuff. And we went, ugh, wait, I, those all those stories. And like, well, you can still get them. And they're called Legends now. Yeah, but right. You know, there are a lot of storylines in that in that previous expanded universe that we came to love. One of my favorites was the video game Dark Forces with Kyle Katarn. Oh yeah. And the first mission you play in the Dark Forces game is to get the Death Star plans off of this Imperial base and yes. get out. And I went, that's a great story. How can you take that? I mean, you you took that away from me, and now here's your chance to either to tweak the story and tell it the way you want to tell it, you could still, you know, bring back stuff, whatever. I don't think they're going to be bringing back a lot of stuff from the EU. If I'm entirely honest, the more I look at the future things that they've announced, the less I feel like we're going to see a Mara Jade. The less I feel like we're going to see a Kyle Katarn. Because as much as we love those characters, they're really going to be saying, okay, if we start pulling from behind the backside, they're, we're going to have to pull more. People are going to want more and more, and we need to just create new. They keep, they keep speculating uh, that Sarah Michelle Geller is playing a Mara Jade type uh, character in season two of Rebels. I don't know. I that's kind of what I hear. Uh, she's supposed to be kind of like the second Inquisitor who becomes the Mara Jade type figure. That it'll be interesting it'll to be see interesting what they see. The, what they do with it. I I know that one of the things that I've that I've been impressed with Disney doing um, is they've they've taken kernels of of things. And they said, we like these concepts. We don't like the way that they were executed in the expanded universe. And so they're taking different directions with, with pieces of that. I, I'm, I'm thrilled with that. I like it. I, I like it too. I, I, I think it gives, the, it gives Disney, um, and, and I'm going to say it's Disney because it's not Lucasfilm alone. It's Disney running the Lucasfilm machine now and, and benefiting from what the Lucasfilm machine is about. It's, it's the merging of two great – maybe it's the beginning of the Borg. Um, it's like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. The Borg would look entirely different with ears, like the big Mickey ears or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm open <laughs> to Resistance the, is futile. I'm, huh? <laughs> wow. I'm gorge. Uh, I'm, I'm open to that. Um, but, I, but I think it's really interesting that they've, that they've been very, very careful um, and I think very strategic about picking things that they knew had fan appreciation and not disparaging what the fans enjoyed about them in the first place, but finding ways to make them new and different and very specifically theirs. Absolutely. Um, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good treat. Did you guys – how many times have you seen the new teaser trailer? For episode for seven, episode seven. Um, um, I lost count at about twenty-two on the first day. Yeah, yeah. I, I showed I it to just about just everybody I knew. Loop. Yeah, I in fact the next morning I think I posted on Facebook. Uh, is it a problem that I've watched this multiple times before I got out of bed? And a, a whole bunch of people were saying no, no, no. I why, it, why is I, that a problem? No. I showed it to my wife. I showed it to my children. I showed it to the cat. Um, the cat was not terribly interested in it, but uh, the children were. But they're cats. Yeah. I have to tell you, I, I, as soon as it was released, as soon as I saw it, I immediately texted my wife and said, have you seen this yet? And uh, if not, our marriage is in the balance until you do. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't really appreciate that comment very much, but uh, she did go and watch it immediately. You and- know, I will tell you that this is the first month that my data usage has given me an alert saying you're at the end of your of your uh, high-speed data. <laughs> and then my bottom in, in little fine print, we know why, and it's awesome! <laughs> I looked I, at it, it's all YouTube. <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit disappointed. My wife actually saw it before I did. That this, I know I, I should turn in my Star, Star Wars cred card right there. 
Actually, no, I think we should just issue Jolene one. Yep, it's, she's she, earned a geek card. She is Jolene, a if you're listening, you have just earned your Star Wars geek card. That was funny that he said that, Jolene, if you're listening. Right. <laughs> As if. Do you have a food-based dare on that? Is that? That's the only way she would listen. You know, I, I want to mention something uh, back, Ken, that you were talking about with the – and that we started talking about a little bit on the, on the Star Wars uh, – the Star Wars celebrations. Star Wars celebration has been uh, one of the few – event-specific cons or, or theme-specific cons that has really done well on its own, but it's been nostalgia-based. It's going to be really interesting, I think, in, to, to watch as this expands now to being a, a one event, uh, a, a one theme event around advancing material. And what is that going to do? Is that going to fracture it? Are we going to see areas where there, there's an entire line of, of booths and of represent uh, and of merchandise and those kinds of things dedicated to expanded universe? Are you going to be able to see it laid out that way? I'm, and that's kind of part of why I told my wife that we need to go to London next year. Yeah. So, uh, Star Wars Celebration 2016 will be held in London. So brush up on your American version of the British accent so you can be made fun of when you're there. I, I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to record our podcast from there next year. That's going to be cool, right? Oh, man. I told you I, I can't go when the soccer season's not on. Whatever. I, I would it – would, it would really just ruin things. Anyway, back to Star Wars Celebration. So some of the big things we had coming out of there, we had uh, – obviously, we've talked a bit about the trailer, and we'll come back, and we're going to hit the trailer a little bit harder because there are some things in there that we need to discuss there's a lot of stuff in there we need to discuss. Oh, man. And uh, the Star Destroyer. Oh. Oh, Let's just talk about it right now. Let's okay. just talk about it right before now. We, before we jump into that, though, uh, other things, uh, we saw BB-8. Yeah. The BB-8 droid, you talked about it in Geek News. Yep. That, and it's going to be made by the company Sphero, who, if you hop online and look at their stuff, yeah, you can see they already have a small, they have a an iPhone-controlled little, or smartphone. I don't know if it's limited to iPhone or not. Um, but Ryan is an Apple person. I am anytime, not an Apple fanboy. Any, anytime I'm an Apple person. Oh, he says as he sits in front of an Apple. Um, anytime that anything involves a smartphone, Ryan calls it an iPhone. I will grant that Damn. possibly, but uh, so Sphero's making the BB-8 <laughs> droid, and uh, to see that actually come out, I was—I have to admit—it has been a long time since I have seen something in a movie or seen something that is a practical effect or whatever really make me stop and go wow and that watching bb8 roll out on that stage yeah. absolutely i went of course i know that we have the technology to do this here but i can't figure out how off the top of my head like most of the time it's like oh cgi no problem or whatever but we look at this and we go how how did you do this exactly and it's been a long time since any movie or anything uh, movie related has done that for me. I'd like to see the I'd, I'd like to see the schematics on the inside of that. I keep thinking that I I, I keep thinking that it has to have something to do with um, with a magnetic uh, a magnetic inner inner shell that does mm-hmm. not move in relation to the exterior shell, so that right. it can't be connected exactly. And that's I, I and has control points or something to be able to turn the, mm-hmm. the droid's head. Mm-hmm. I, Probably several gyroscopes. I, yes. I just think it was an. I think it's an incredibly innovative thing, and I think the company, the, the people who actually built it and turned it into practical effects. First of all, thank you, J.J. Abrams, as a yes. fan, yes. for going back to right. practical effects. And really, I mean, let's be honest. I would say that the majority of people, when they saw the the little eighty eight second teaser that we first got and saw the droid roll by, we were all like, "Oh, that's a cute CGI effect." When we heard it was practical, we like for me, it was just how how yeah, yeah. How? how what. 
and and that's and that's one of the things that that I'm you know I, I was one of the most skeptical I think when we when we were talking about it originally I was one of the most skeptical about J.J. Abrams uh, being very true I think I voiced my concern that was my only concern and I'm thrilled that he's been more true to the original vision of Star Wars than even George Lucas himself in going with practical effects in going with things that make this universe look old mm-hmm. look well right. used I agree. But I never got to tell the story how I wanted to tell it. Thank you, George Lucas. Blah, blah, Go back blah. into your corner with all of your money. It all it all hinged on Jar Jar. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Anyway, okay. He just so, said Jar Jar. That was that was it's okay. George Lucas. That was a George Lucas thing. If you you can't see it, but oh, Todd is hand. Todd is force choking Ken right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay. Um, other thing uh, that I want to talk about before we hit the trailer because I know the trailer is going to just oh, suck yeah. us in. So excited. Um, Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, that was awesome. Was day two. They released a trailer f- using the game engine footage. Uh, they're using what's called the Frostbite engine. For those of you who are gamers, you're familiar with it from uh, DICE's Battlefield series. Yes. Um, some of those others. Uh, and I just, I, first of all, I loved the game footage that they showed. The the trailer they put together really showed case some very, very interesting pieces. Um, and a very, my wife actually, when I was showing her the, the trailer, went, that is really, really good graphics for a video game. Said, yeah, honey, have you been watching the other stuff I've been playing? Of course not. She has not. Right. Yeah. She walks out. Oh, it's cool. okay. Well, but uh, to see that one thing about the Battlefront series, and this is going to tie us into the trailer, they have offered all. They've already established that uh, if you pre-order it, you're getting some. Yeah, uh, you'll get some downloadable content. Mm-hmm. You're getting the Battle of Jakku, right? Which we know is something that is not seen in Episode Seven, but plays a big role in Episode Seven, right? And if you look at the screenshot, it, we learned two things from this already. Boba Fett. Boba Fett's back, guys. Boba Fett. Right. Oh, Boba yeah. Fett and is that was, back. And that Even was a Sarlacc thing. cannot yep. kill a Boba Fett. That was another thing that was confirmed at Celebration is that he escaped the Sarlacc, which everybody had been fan fictioning or actual you know, fictioning legends, mm-hmm. Star Wars fictioning for years. That, oh, yeah. well, he could totally get out of that. Yeah. Apparently, he, he can. Totally get out of that. And I'm excited for when they show us how he did. And yeah. Or, you know what? Actually, as I think about it, it's entirely possible that they may not show us. And, and in fact, that may be one of the things that they have planned to say, yes, he survived. No, you don't get to know how. Or they'll, it'll be written into a book that will get some sort of hint to it, yep. which allows us as fans to, again, continue writing the fan to fiction. Speculate to speculate for a long time. Until yeah. Star Wars Anthology Boba Fett comes out. Exactly. And even then, it may be just something that is hinted, bits and pieces. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me at all. You said we don't get to see Jakku in the movie, but we do. Okay. We, don't, we don't get to see the Battle, the Battle of, of Jakku, Jakku in the movie, but we do get to see Jakku. I mean, that was another thing that was confirmed, yeah. is that that very first scene where you got Daisy Ridley... You know, uh, uh, speeding across the dunes on her little speeder, you see the downed yeah. X-wing, you see the downed Star Destroyer, which everybody thinks at at first when you see it is a dune, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that is a cool dune. That's it's no a, dune. That's, no, that's, that's a, a Star Destroyer. <laughs> Beautiful there, Ken. Yes, and that's uh, and you get to see they confirmed that that's that's Jakku. That that Star Destroyer and that X-Wing are crashed on. And so now we get to see why, uh, from playing Battlefront, we get to see why they are there, why that is so pivotal. And the rumor, I don't know how much of this this speculation has been confirmed, but the the rumor is that the Battle of Jakku was basically the next big battle after Episode 6. After Return of the Jedi ends, 
you know, we have to go mop up the rest of the empire now. And that's where the first big battle is. Yeah. In, uh, in reading about stuff on Battlefront, um, the Battle of Jakku is, they've written, it's the battle where the uh, rebel forces, uh, uh, it's not a last stand, I can't remember the phrasing, uh, but on the website, it, it tells you that it's where they confront the, the next largest uh, contingent, contingent yeah. of Imperial troops there. And if you look at the same screenshot that they have on Battlefront of, um, of when Boba Fett's flying around in that battle, if you look in the back, there is a Star Destroyer crashing into the ground at that angle, and you're like, there it is. There There's it is. the connection. Yeah, there it is. So I am very, very excited to play Battlefront. Uh, and yeah, I, as soon as it's available for pre-order on Xbox One, I'm going to be purchasing that. Yeah, and see, I'm, I'm looking at it. I, I saw that it was available for pre-order right now on Amazon, and my wife asked me, you know, what what are you waiting for? Um, not quite that supportively. Um, but <laughs> but I told her, I said, I'm, I'm waiting until I can get a PS4 and I can order it as a bundle because you know that as we get closer and closer to October, there's going to be bundles for all of the major... Uh, all of the major platforms that are coming out with revisions for that. The thing Absolutely. I appreciate and the thing that, that was a lot of – has caused a lot of concern with all of this content coming out before Episode 7 in December is do I have to read all of this? Do I have to watch all of this? Do I have to play all of this? Be- who's, or, who's saying do I have to? Well, do I get to? Be, do be I that need to in order to understand? No, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read and see and, and play all of it, but – but casual, casual uh, Star Wars people <laughs> will say, "Do I have to go play Star Wars Battlefront in order to understand what happens now that those are tied in?" No, you don't, and it's yeah, they, it's beautiful the way that they have laid it out so that you don't have to. If you only go and watch the episode movies, you're going to get most of the story. You're going to get the story. Mm-hmm. If you want more, you can go get more, but it, you don't. Not playing the video games, not reading the books, is not going to diminish your uh, story, your your movie going experience. This is another thing that that I think is a result of Disney owning the franchise. If you look at what Disney has done with Marvel, specifically with Marvel's Agents of Shield uh, as a television series that ties into events happening in the movie universe, they don't. You don't have to see one to get the other, because they give you just enough information to make them contiguous without making them uh without setting it up so that you have to see both in order to enjoy either one right you won't be completely lost and and this again this is this is disney this is something that disney can do because disney owns disney owns abc disney owns marvel disney owns um well disney disney basically has become uh the the best um franchise I don't want to say manipulator, but but certainly leverager, uh, leverager of franchises that mm-hmm. that we've ever that I think we've ever seen in the world of intellectual media up to this point in time. I, I could agree with that. Absolutely. Okay, Ken. I know you've been chomping at the bit to hit the trailer, and we've already talked about a couple things on there. Oh, we but, got everything. I, I don't. I maybe only watched it once. And I, we got everything I needed to talk about. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay, Ken. All right, quickly, Ken and Todd. Favorite moment of the trailer on your first watch. The Tie Fighter in the uh, in the in the docking bay blowing the crap out of everything. Mm, the Dune, realizing realizing that the Dune was actually a downed star destroyer when when I when it triggered. You know, at first you know, I was like Dune, like oh star destroyer, oh my gosh. My favorite moment 
Kylo Ren turns around with his lightsaber in the air. I screenshotted that. It's my desktop at work now. And he turns around and he's got the mask on and everything. I also have to say, I loved the Vader mask that it crumpled. That oh, been right. All, that it had been, had burnt, been all burnt. Yeah. I loved that. I don't know what it was about seeing that. It just, it gave me a sense of this is part of that universe more than really anything else. More than lightsabers, anything else. They're seeing that. It was like, yeah, this is my Star Wars. This yeah. is that. Right. Seeing Luke and R2-D2, um, it, it took me a little bit longer before I said, you know, I really like what they're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like what they're doing as far as, at least what it, what we can see of what they're doing as far as stitching together pieces of the the previous universe with the people that they have to hand off the the baton to mm-hmm. and i'm I'm really impressed with how with how they're giving just enough information to keep us all very ready to give them money uh and not really oh, yeah. revealing much in the way of storyline i mean i I look at it and I go, okay, well, it looks like it could be one of these three or four storylines that we've already seen, but with Disney saying, well, probably not, and with j j Abrams at the helm, who knows? Right, but it looks very much like you know. I'd I'd love to say, yeah, well, I'm guessing this and this and this and this, and we may do that at some point in time, right before the movie comes out. But it's it's nice; they're doing a wonderful job. Yeah, I appreciated the fact that looking at the trailer and looking at that, I you really don't have any storyline stuff revealed. Nope. Um, there no. has been a lot of the internet kind of I would say mildly blew up, but the internet never mildly blows up um, <laughs> on the phrasing that Luke used. My father has it. I've had at least four different conversations. People saying, "What did he mean by has it?" You know what? You know what I think he means. I, 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 this is this is honestly after thinking about it, listening and hearing other people kind of, of recap and everything. He says, "My father has it. I have it," and then you have that as well. But I think it was him reading the old. Yes, him reading the yeah. old dialogue, but yes. him reading it now so that they have the grizzled, older-sounding voice. Yes. They, I Probably they should have said, my father had it. They should have probably just made that little change, but I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything into it. Or we, we accept the fact that uh, these, these uh, few individuals who have been able to, um, to transcend physical existence continue to exist as individuals within the matrix of the force or whatever it is that you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They still exist as individuals, so it's very easy for him to say, my father has it and I, I thought that could absolutely be the point of be part of it too because i mean you see at the end of return of the jedi there they are as force ghosts clearly their presence yes and we're only talking still... about the one that he did where it was an old man well, not this... where it comes back as whiny anakin where where his father sebastian shaw is standing there next to yoda and yes. and obi-wan kenobi you know yeah. yeah yeah thanks again george lucas for that right okay so yeah that's and that's exactly the way way i've phrased it with people is that look they he still exists uh, he has you know his consciousness in the force and we're we're good to go on lots that. of different ways to go how about the clone the, the chrome trooper oh man that looks gwendolyn so christie gwendolyn you're christie. totally right that's, uh, that's gonna be gwendolyn, gwendolyn christie. christie first step she took i was like that's a woman <laughs> i just the, the look at her i'm like oh, that's gwen christie that's gotta be her that yeah. is i am so excited about it. there there was some leaks about names of characters and stuff i didn't i don't remember them because i didn't pay too much attention to it at this point i didn't even I'm look kind at of, it <laughs> i'm kind of balancing the the spoiler stuff with you know the rumor stuff trying to say what do i want to know what do i not want to know it's like do you want to know what sex your baby is we can go in and do that with those ultrasounds. Do you want to know? Sometimes you say yes. Sometimes you say, no, let's just be surprised. Yeah. A little different for me because I, I wanted to know because we got to buy stuff for the baby. I'm going to be spending a lot of money on Star Wars and, and that's a, you know, yeah. I, I want to enjoy that. But 
Okay. A lot of speculation still about Kylo Ren and uh, Daisy Ridley's character Ray being brother and sister. Yep, there's still a lot of speculation on I, that. I, I love I hate, the idea. I love the idea. I hate that I know so much about this movie. Without even actively going out and looking, I know more than I want to know about this movie. If it's true. If, if, it's, true. if it's true, you'll if walk around true. going, yes, I knew. But if it's not true, it, it, it's a great storyline possibility that went off. And I love the idea of having you know, one of the Skywalker children be what brings back the dark side. You know, the balance that he brings back is he has the light side kids and he has the dark side well, kids. Well, one of, oh, one of the solo child. children. Or one of the solo children. I don't know. That, and, and that ties back to the Legend universe, you know, mm-hmm. Jason and Jaina Solo, I, which I think is one of my favorite Legend stories that I have never read, but I think is kind of a neat concept. And mm-hmm. I got to admit, one of, my favorite, one, of, one of my favorite story arcs was the Jedi Academy story arc. Love and it looks series. like they're going to be making some some reference to that in the way that they handle, especially in that scene with Luke and R2-D2 sitting there, Luke with his, with his black hood uh, on top of his Jedi uh, his Jedi robes. I think that's. Mm-hmm. I think that we've got and 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 the burning of a fire in the background. I think. It, I, I think we get an opportunity to see some really revered pieces that they're going to hold on to. Like I say, kernels of this information and continue to use it. And the one thing we haven't mentioned through the entire discussion of the trailer, Chewie, we're, we're home. home. Oh, what a touching moment! What a touching moment! And on that, we're going to. I'm, I'm going to put an end on our Star Wars discussion. I know, that's so hard, but we're going to end our Star Wars discussion because we also have something very big coming up. We have Avengers to talk about. We do have Avengers to talk about. If there's, I'm, I'm almost not sure which I'm more excited about. I am. Only because the Avengers is happening now and Star Wars is Star Wars. I, I feel you know? like a crack addict or a heroin addict or something. It's like, I am more excited about what's coming down the road, but I need something to get me going, I, yeah. to get me there now. Exactly. So, you know, give me, you know, give me something now. And He's the, tapping the his arm in a weird manner. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, give me this now. And I, I, I've told my wife this multiple times. I am very, very happy that Avengers Age of Ultron is coming out this year at this time so that I have that something to enjoy and, and deal right. with until Star Wars comes out. So let's talk uh, a little bit about Avengers... Uh, there have been some additional clips and additional things have been coming out as they've been doing their press junket uh, yeah, things. Yeah. I'm seeing Avengers in 53 hours. You knew how soon you were seeing Avengers, but you didn't know how many weeks Star Wars came out. I am disappointed in you, sir. I can count to 53 on my fingers. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Wait. actually he can. It's a little frightening and very disturbing in many ways. Anyway, regardless. But yeah, it's, Avengers coming out, it's it's kind of been everywhere and you can... I just, I'm so excited. Okay, I don't so, even know what to say. I mean, we, and then one of the things that I've appreciated is is that they have, as they've done the press stuff, they've been very uh, very open about the fact that they haven't really showcased anything in the last third of the show, of the movie. Um, everything's yeah. in the first two acts. So that gives us uh, the the hope that we will still have something to be surprised by at the end two, or two uh, that we haven't had a, a taste of um, in the end there. Uh, what What are the things that you're really hoping that you see in this film? Um, and what are you kind of nervous about? I'm still nervous about who dies. You know somebody's got to die. But And, and uh, Marvel Studios has done a good job of saying, hey, somebody's not going to be here for the next movie, mm-hmm. which makes it sound like somebody's going to die. But it's the comic book universe, and so not everybody always dies. Marvel, Marvel... Uh, Look, we got a new actor, we, so we can bring him back. Marvel fully subscribes to the theory of nerd, which is, you know, of course, no one ever really dies. Yep. Yep. Oh, I like that. I'd never heard that before. I like that. Yeah. So any even if somebody dies, they're not really dead. I mean Logan. Logan. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Captain America. All right, put your money down on your bets now. Who's dying? Steve Rogers. Rhodey. Rhodey? Yeah, War Machine. Hmm. I don't. They never say it has to be one of the big major main people, but I think I think War Machine is he's he's there in in clips, but then when the actual fighting begins, he's not there at all. They did they did post a uh, clip a couple weeks ago of him doing some actual fighting, but that doesn't mean that he has to be there for the end of the movie. Captain America's died once already. Let's bring him back again. They can't kill Cap He's, off yet because they have civil war. Yeah. That's my only reason to think they can't do that. Because I know that if you look at the contracts of uh, both um, Chris Evans and... That's true. That's true. I don't remember his name who plays Bucky. Uh, Bucky Sebastian extends... Stan. Sebastian Stan. Uh, his contracts extend for quite a few more movies than... Um, than Steve, than, than He's got Chris seven, Evans. Seven He's got seven more movies. So he I think nine, we will total. see that transition happen down the road. Um, honestly... I think, I think that we're going to see... I don't know if he's going to die, but I think we're done with Bruce Banner. I, I think, think the Hulk's gone. I think Bruce Banner... I'll tell you the other one that, that is a good uh, good candidate right now, and maybe it's not that he dies. Maybe it's that he really does go away, and that is Robert Downey Jr. His He's made a, a big deal out of the fact that contract negotiations were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's... but But the reality is... It could be any of them, and they could say, oh, look, we killed him off and resuscitated him quickly enough to be able to have him convalesce for several yeah. months before he comes back into the next film. So, mm-hmm. so Robert Downer Jr. has got to show up in Civil War too. He has to show up, but he doesn't necessarily have to have, to have a, pivotal, uh, a, a pivotal full movie role because if you sure. look at the Civil War storyline, um, Iron Man was uh, put in the position of being top cop. Um, he was not necessarily on the front lines in every battle, but Steve was. Right. So there's all kinds of there's all kinds of directions this can go. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. This is a little sidebar, but it's interesting to see the difference between Civil War the comic book and Civil War how the Civil War the movie is shaping up. It, it almost looks like uh, the movie could shift could uh, shift the roles of of Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. From it, what the comic book was, it looks like it will. One of the things that I think we're going to see introduced in this. Um, in this movie, and it's something that is being played out in uh, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, is the introduction of more powered characters. We know that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are going to be introduced, but I have the feeling that we're going to see the emergence of a, of a new group. Uh, maybe not necessarily individuals that we would recognize readily, but a, but a new group of, of character type. And that's really one of the things that's going to be pivotal for the way that this, for the way that Civil War shapes up. I think you're entirely right on that. And the fact there's, there's two things so that I'll, that I think lend credence to your theory there. First is the fact that we have their movie, or was it a TV series, Inhumans, or whatever that's in a, coming down the, the pike yep. a little ways. Yeah, I think it's a movie. No, I can't remember. I'm pretty so, sure it's a movie. Here's here's my prediction, I and I, you know, if you don't want any predictions or any, you know, guesses about the Age of Ultron plot or or points of the plot or whatever that will lend to that, you know, hit your forward button for a minute or so here, <laughs> um, because I think what we see uh, based on the trailer, we see that um, at one point in time, Tony Stark grabs hold of Loki's staff, which we know is currently in a Hydra facility where they created the the twins is what they call them in the end of that little piece there. Right. So I think that Tony Stark is going to use that staff after they raid that place and release Quicksilver and or, you know, they escape whatever. They're going to take that staff and he's going to imbue one of his suits with power from the stone, 
which is going to give birth to Ultron. And I think that's that could potentially be how we get an Ultron. Thinking that's how we get. That's how he ends up kind of going off the deep end, like there. And because they have that ability, they can start imbuing other people with powers. And we know that there are characters that they said there are other heroes and characters in this movie that we have not announced yet. Right. And it's like, okay, this is the chance to start building up those powered individuals. Yeah. And we now have a way to give it to them. We now have a way to give them the powers uh, based on what we see here. That's, that's interesting. interesting. If if that's why, if that's how he ends up giving Ultron life, that'd be interesting. Because we already know that Ultron is a Tony Stark creation. Right. Which that's, is a drastic a departure from the comic universe. Oh, yeah. They were just late getting Hank Pym and Ant-Man put in there. I think they might have done that if they could have gotten the Ant-Man series. Which, by the way, that last trailer... Kind of made me excited for the movie that I wasn't really overly super thrilled about before. I'm, I'm actually right. really excited to see what they're going to do with that because they're using the Scott Lang direction rather than just mm-hmm. rather than just the Henry Pym stuff. So right, I just think it's hilarious. I've never seen Thomas the Tank Engine be a major threat to someone's life before. <laughs> <laughs> by <laughs> by the way, I think uh, I could also see Quicksilver dying because they have that shot in the trailer of Scarlet Witch. You know, like no. Oh! Well, and uh, so anyway. You, you've you've also got you've also got an uh, depending on how they want to play it. Um, Scarlet Witch's powers are notoriously unpredictable. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're all excited, and you're, you're going to hear more about Avengers post after we've seen it. Vision. We'll have. Oh, oh yeah. Darn it. Sorry, guys. I had to say. Yeah. It. Paul Bettany, who, by the way, Paul Bettany is the voice of Jarvis in the Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the Iron Man. It'll movies. be interesting to see how they. You know, if they try and alter his voice so we don't sit there and go, yeah, that's Jarvis. That's I, Jarvis. Actually, in, in the in the comic series, um, that would not – the in the comic series, um, Ultron creates the vision um, and they are linked um, – Several, several, uh, several pieces of their of their structure, their construction are linked. Mm-hmm. I think we may find the same thing happening with them building Vision. Is that it becomes an autonomous? And, and I think that I, I think um, two things, and maybe this is one more thirty second spoiler advance. I think we're going to see a uh, an adjustment in the way that Tony uses Jarvis. Jarvis is going to be turned into a world watchdog, and. Then that's going to be what starts the Ultron process, and then Tony finds a backup copy of Jarvis that he installs into a single entity called Vision. I th- I think that's going to be coming along. Cue Morgan that's... Freeman coming in saying, "No man should have this much power." <laughs> okay. Um, Insert USB drive here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so we're excited about Avengers. We're running. We're wrapping up here, running out of time. We did have a, a couple other things we wanted to spend a little more time talking about. Ken's really giving me the wait, 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 no, wait, wait, no, 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 don't really, go. Really quick, we will, we'll, we'll say uh, we'll have a full review of uh, Ultron on the website. Yes, uh, coming you know later in the week because embargo purposes, and we will have a rapid review from the gang here right after we see it oh, yeah. in the lobby, you know, large amounts, of, large amounts of squealing and little girl noises. There, there will be some fangirling out right there. Yep. Anyway, we'll still, we, and we still won't have Craig supervision so we can, so we could really fangirl out. So <laughs> watch, watch for those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Watch those. Uh, any of you who have visited our site recently, we had a little technical issue and we're rebuilding. So, uh, pardon our electrical dust as we get everything situated again, but we will get our website up and we will get the review on there for you to be able to read and, and showcase. Um, there were a couple other things in geek news that we, we just touched on, but we wanted to take just a minute, more, a minute or so uh, quickly here at the end to 
flesh out some thoughts. Uh, Todd, you had some things you wanted to talk to about uh, regarding Iceman coming out or, or the comics doing that and what it means uh, – what it means is the comic series to be an ally, or or, or what exactly? Yeah, you know the, the the story itself, I think, is is indicative of our times. Um, I think I think comic books have become much more um, social issue driven rather than just uh, the pulp mags that they were when they started in the in the fifties and sixties, forties, fifties, and sixties, mm-hmm. or earlier, depending on on how you want to interpret that that particular phenomenon. Um, but I'm 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 fascinated at both the the attention that this is drawing uh because of the way that it was handled um from the from um from the lgbt community or at least from representatives of the lgbt community that are posting stuff online um but i'm also interested in the way that we are now becoming much more comfortable talking about these issues these um, more socially powerful issues in the comic book universe and talking about these individuals within the universes as though they are um as though they are real people. This is, as we indicated before, this is not the first uh, LGBT character that we've had show up in either DC or in Marvel. Um, Scott Allen, uh, the Silver Age Green Lantern, uh, or excuse mm-hmm. me, the Golden Age Green Lantern. We know, or Alan Scott, Alan Scott. Say, sorry, like, um, I switched those names. That's what happens when your brain works like mine. Um, it, you know, we've we've had it revealed that he's uh, homosexual. We've we've had North Star. We've had lots of things. But it, the interesting thing for me is, I look back about twenty years ago um, when they were running the Legacy Virus through the X-Men series and it was, it was impacting only mutants and it was very obvious that they were trying to discuss issues revolving around AIDS Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that it was only impacting a portion of the population and that portion of the population was uh, selective for certain reasons. It's interesting. And, and, and it's interesting to me that as, as our sophistication of the medium of comics has expanded our willingness to explore these kinds of issues, these kinds of human issues that are very, uh, very topical, very, very current in the, in the mode, uh, has increased. We see the same kind of thing. Um, uh, but a little bit more gently back in the fifties and sixties, when we were talking about McCarthyism and communism and, uh, Superman truth, justice in the American way and, and Batman fighting against certain kinds of, of evil incur- in, incursions. Uh, we see the same thing in Marvel when shield was being developed and fighting against the, the red scare and those kinds of things, but they were not, um, they were not, um, universe changing for the comic book characters themselves. They were just kind of, uh, blips that would show up every now and again, these things that they're doing now are going to be, they, they change the fabric of the, of the continuity. Um, one of the things that I and one of the things that I'm really interested about, and I kind of hinted at it, is I think part of the reason that they're going through some of these kinds of things and bringing out some of these kinds of issues to talk about is because they're doing everything in preparation for secret wars. They're doing everything that they possibly can to draw attention to the Marvel universe, so that when we go into secret wars and we find out what happens, what the fallout is going to be, um, really changes the fabric of that environment. We we're, we're seeing a lot of things with the with the Spider-Man series where we've got the the world of Spider People, um, Spider Gwen and and Miles Morales, and we've got Peter Parker, and we've got you know we've we've got all these different uh, incarnations of the of the Spider-Man theme. Um, and I think we're going to see that change significantly as a result of secret wars. I think we're going to see, uh, more changes in our pantheon of superheroes in the Marvel universe as that changes. And while that's all going on, that's completely eclipsing everything that DC is trying to do. 
um, with with their particular uh, push this year for for their for their big crossover series that's coming out later on this month as well. I think we're I, I think the the comic book universe itself is becoming much more comfortable with talking about bigger issues, and that's cool. Um, it, it gives some real credibility uh, to the medium. Having said that. Let's all recognize the fact that these are the first times that these things are being dealt with in significant ways in Marvel and DC books, but they've been dealt with by pulp mags for years mm-hmm. in other in, in other publishers, um, Dark Horse Comics, Image Comics. A lot of these other places have been dealing with these kinds of things going on for a long time. So, you know, while it's while it's fun that it's being pushed into the forefront by being part of Marvel and DC, let's be honest: um, comic books have been part of this process, part of this discussion for a very long time. We're not breaking new ground here. We're just bringing more attention to it now. Yeah. We, just it, turning the soil a little. It's it's moved from the farmer's co-op to showing up in Walmart, basically. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Speaking How do of, we get to farming as an analogy? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of decisions that uh, DC, uh, Eclipse DC on there, that was a terrible, terrible segue. Um, <laughs> all right. Final thoughts. But great effort. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no so, wonder Craig makes the bucks. I mean, actual bucks. <laughs> he pays the bucks. <laughs> right. Okay. You have 30 seconds. Your thoughts on the Jared Leto pick that was released about him being the Joker. Go. He freaked me out. However, that is kind of what I expected just because of the way they were talking about it. It's not going to be your father's Joker or whatever and stuff. Yeah, he's still got the green hair. He's still got the white skin. But Jared Leto has the ability to really bring – a unique creepiness to this role. I think he's not going to be uh, Cesar Romero over the top. He's not going to be uh, disturbing like like Heath Ledger was. He's uh, he has a, a chance to bring a real crazy to this role. But th- th- all that being said, I, I'm reserving judgment on the picture that we saw. It's him with these grills, and he's got these tattoos, and he's got this tattoo on his head, and it says disturbed and all this damaged or damaged. Excuse me. We know all of that, you know, and I, I don't keep up with the with the comic book universes very well or the um, video game universes of, of the properties very well. So I don't know if that's drawn from anything. However, as a strictly a movie going person, I'm encouraged that he will be unique and and specifically creepifying. But I don't know. The picture didn't do a whole lot for me other than that. Okay, as you can see, we're holding hard to that third 30 seconds. Todd, your thoughts? Joker has always been one of the most difficult villains for uh, transition from comic book universe to a cinematic or a, uh, or a live-action universe. Um, he works really well in cartoons. He, does not, he works really well in pulp fiction. He has, it has always been hard to make him work in, um, in, in a live-action environment. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to... Um, they're trying to add some things, some very specific physical things that denote that his craziness existed long before the transformation and that he, and and that he seems to be causing his own transformation into this really crazy caricature in that way. I'm interested to see how the story plays out. Um, ultimately the Joker is probably my least favorite villain because I cannot get the killing joke out of my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. Um, that was probably the most um, disturbing comic book series I have ever read in my life. 
Yeah, I, I recently went through and read the first half of The Killing Joke so far, and I agree. It's For me, so this whole thing with the Jared Leto picture, for me, I, I will hold to my to my standard that I will, I will compare him against... Uh, I will let it stand for what it is, which sure. is I will compare him against the character of the Joker, not against Heath Ledger, not against, you know, yeah. Yeah. I won't do any of that because each of theirs was in their own little universe created there. For this one, I am not thrilled with the idea of the potential of making Joker. To me, he looks like a thug. He doesn't look like the mastermind crazy hmm. yeah, villain nice. that I'm that I'm used to the Joker being. He can be chaos. He can be chaos and, per, you know, personified. But to me, that hasn't that isn't showcased in that picture. Um, whether that's actually, you know, I don't know if that's exactly what he looks like. If all those tattoos are really things, or if those are just, you know, for the promotional purposes that they were there. Um, to me, I am not. This did not inspire a lot of hope for me for this series for the Suicide Squad series, which up to till now really hasn't been an all inspiring moment for me anyway. So. You know, here's to hoping that Jared Leto can do something interesting with it. I do think that it will be a different Joker than what we're used to seeing. Yes. Um, and whether that's a good thing or not is is yet to be seen. So a lot of it's going to depend on execution. But again, um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of those too. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this one shapes up. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's going to do it today for our discussions about Star Wars Celebration and everything else uh, that we, we've covered. Um, look forward. We're going to be uh, discussing Ready Player One here in the near future. That's the book we're working through. So I'm hoping that uh, you guys are enjoying that that one as much as I as I have been. Um, so get ready for uh, Ready Player One, and we'll catch you guys on the other side. Yeah.